Welcome to Reiki Cafe Radio, where your host, Christine Renee and Izzy Wells. We come together with more than 25 years of experience in Reiki, meditation, chakra wisdom, clairvoyant techniques, and holistic healing. We are passionate about helping individuals release resistance, step into their authentic selves, and align their lives with the truth of who they are. Reiki Cafe Radio is your choice for vibrant Reiki conversations, meditation experiences, and holistic wellness. This is your space for a deeper look into the ancient wisdom through modern eyes. So grab your tea or coffee and join us as we sip our way through this week's episode. Welcome back to Reiki Cafe Radio. I'm your co-host for today, Isabel Wells, and today on the show, we're sharing a conversation between myself and Reiki Cafe University founder, Christine Renee, as we discuss whether or not Reiki is enough to unblock and balance the chakras. We talk about things like why the term unblock is misleading, why healing and focusing on personal development can actually be detrimental to your own growth as a spiritual being, the psychology behind limiting beliefs and knowing your worth, and so much more. We, of course, talk about whether or not Reiki is enough to balance the chakras and what we can do with Reiki to bring more harmony, healing, and well-being into our energetic, physical, spiritual, and mental well-being. So if you're ready, let's dive in. I recently had a student of Reiki Cafe University ask me, is Reiki a chakra healing? Well, uh, you know, SEO, search engine optimization, didn't like that title. So, <laughs> so we ended up calling it Can Reiki Unblock Chakras, which I really don't like that title. We'll get into why. Um, but this is kind of the premise of today's coffee conversation. We really want to explore what is the primary objective of Reiki? What does it have to do with chakras? Are they inherently together? What does it look like? Because as many of you know, here at, at Reiki Cafe, um, we we love talking about chakras. Um, we're very pro chakra healing and chakra activating actions, and like let's heal through the chakras. And um, and also, what does that have to do with Reiki? Because traditional Reiki has nothing to do with chakras. <laughs> so. Welcome to today's coffee conversation. Thanks, Izzy, for joining with me. I wasn't, I wasn't sure where you were at in Tennessee. I'm like, I hope she can come. Um, so I'm glad you're here. And if you who are listening have questions about this topic, please just put it in the chat. We'd love to cover those too. And let's just dive in. Let's dive in. Like, which 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 angle do we want to start with, Izzy? Which angle do we want to start with? I think I would love to start with what you said earlier about how unblocking the chakras is maybe a misleading term. And, you know, again, like Christine said, there's, there's reasons that we title things the way we do, because right now the concept of unblocking a chakra is really popular in spiritual culture. And I think a lot of times when I look at this, I have a somewhat medical background. And one of the things that you see in the medical field is this desire that our society as a whole has, right? And obviously we don't want to place all of the responsibility for everything on society, but it does explain a lot of how we view things. And right now there is a lot of emphasis on 
quick fixes and getting information right away and very black and white duality perspective. And so when we're looking at the chakras, there is this inherent natural desire to want to say it's either blocked or unblocked. And if it's blocked, then we can just, you know, pull the plug out and unblock it and boom, you're better. And while this is and can be a great learning tool of helping people identify, is this chakra less active or more active? When we start to latch onto it as almost an identity for the chakras of it's either blocked or unblocked, it's really misleading because what we've done is we've taken this energetic system that exists in our body that has been documented for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And we have put it into such a tight container of this is the root chakra and it's red and it goes with our feelings about money and our childhood trauma and it's our feelings of safety. And if we're anxious, then maybe we should look at our root chakra. And while all of those things are true, root chakra does not just exist within the context of root chakra. You can look at the chakras from the energetic perspective. You can look at them from a spiritual perspective. You can look at them from a physical perspective. You can even look at them from a psychological perspective, but none of them exist without the context of the other chakras to relate to because it's not just one chakra. It is a system. And when we look at the original teachings about the chakras, what we see is that they all are constantly working together. They're not energy centers or storage hubs the way that they're oftentimes seen. They're actually wheels that are constantly moving and shifting energy between each other. And that's why one imbalance in one chakra can create an imbalance in another because it's almost like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen one of these, but they have those incense holders that look like a waterfall and it kind of goes from one side to the other. And it has to go through each little tunnel to get to the bottom of the incense holder. And that always reminds me of how the chakras work because it's not that one of them turns off or turns back on. And it's not that, and this is one I hear all the time. It's not that if your chakras aren't balanced, you aren't a good Reiki practitioner, those kinds of things. It's that I think in a way we are conceptualizing the chakras in a way that is not serving us anymore. It's not giving us the full breadth and width of potential for using our chakras for healing because we are, we're trying to put it in this box that our minds can understand. And our minds love that duality of it's either good or bad, blocked or unblocked. And while that, again, can be helpful at the beginning, there comes a certain point in time where if you're asking questions like, is Reiki a chakra healing? Can Reiki unblock the chakras? Then it's like, okay, we're at this point where we understand energy. We understand how energy can impact our physical self, how our psychology can impact our physical self. We understand that we are interconnected. Let's extrapolate. Let's understand now that it's not just a chakra. It's not just is energy flowing or isn't it, but it's how is it flowing? Is it reaching all of the other chakras? Is this one slightly less activated because the other one is slightly less activated? What's causing that lack of energy flow? And so it, it's so much more of a bigger question than can we unblock the chakras because there's nothing to unblock. It's not like we can just, you know, a couple of years ago, I had appendicitis and we just took my appendix out and boom, I don't have appendicitis anymore. It's not that way with the chakras. You can't just go in and, and take the energy block out and, and boom, your chakras healed. Because chakras exist on so many levels of our being, we have to approach them with so many different modalities and approaches and on all those layers in order for that healing to really be transformative and lasting. Yeah. I remember 
this is probably about a year ago. I had someone ask me like, or come to me going, someone told me my chakra was blocked. And I just looked at them and was like, well, are you dead? (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, no, I'm like, well, then clearly it's not fully blocked. There's gotta be some type of flow there. Right. So once the way I like to explain it to my advanced shamanic Reiki students is that each chakra has its own energetic flow, its own toroidal flow. So if you know what toroidal flow looks like, it's like a donut and an energetic flow that goes up and down and moves through and each chakra, its own energy wheel is flowing that energy. And then it flows and influences the one above it or below it. Right. And so the root chakra can be influencing your solar plexus. Your solar plexus can influence your throat or your, because it's all interacting. And so just like, as you said, it's not this black and white blocked or unblocked. They're all of this flow is happening simultaneously and moving together. And that's if we're, you know, standing alone and not having our energetic flow interact with someone else's, right? So we have our energetic flow. And what happens is so each chakra has its own toroidal balance and flow. And so when there is a um, an emotional charge, when there is a physical charge, when there is a, um, a spiritual past life residue, whatever it may be, what happens to the total flow is it, it pulls in, it, it contracts, right? So think about it. Are you in a state of being of contraction or expansion? And then you can look at it from each chakra lens of going, is this chakra in a state of expansion or a state of contraction? Even if it was fully contracted in a state of fear, it's not dead. It's just it's just moving tiny. It's not actually supporting the full breadth of what its capacity is, right? So when we have our seven primary, like that's the other thing. There's like a lot of chakras. <laughs> there's a lot of them. And there's a whole other conversation about, um, you know, the primary chakras versus the minor chakras and where are they? And we've got some in our hands. We got some in our feet. We've got some in our ears. Like we have all these kind of energetic wheels, Right. But for this conversation, we're just going to focus on the primaries because they're all the other little ones are influencing the primaries. Okay. So you have this primary toroidal flow in one single chakra. And when your energetic system is in that expansive state, your overall physical body toroidal flow centered in the heart space is going to be open and flowing all around you. And it's going to create this really beautiful auric field. How many of us are perfectly in alignment, perfectly balanced and a hundred percent solid? That would be no one. (laughs) Right. We're human. We're human. We have past trauma. We have fears. We have Things that like make us come into contraction. And that's part of the human experience because what the chakra is telling us is where to focus our healing. So when it is in a state of contraction, it's actually going, yo, hello, over here. I need support. I need you to pay attention to me. So I'm going to give you this emotional trigger. I'm going to give you this physical ailment. So you pay attention to me because I need help, right? So it's our body's way of communicating to us 
that we need to focus on that chakra. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I remember when I first got my Reiki level one, I had a Reiki session with a Reiki master. We were doing a trade and she finished her session on me. And before I could trade, she was like, you're forget which one she said. I think she said like my third eye and my sacral chakra are blocked. You're never going to be a good Reiki practitioner until your chakras are completely balanced. That was an exact quote. And as a Reiki level, I must've been level two by then if I was practicing on her, but as a new Reiki practitioner, that was devastating. It took me a good minute to really work through. Is that true? What does that mean? And it's, and I think the conclusion that I came to, and this is something that I share with all of our students, because I know I'm not alone in that experience, either having someone else tell you this or feeling in yourself. Like if you're not completely balanced, then you're not a worthy practitioner or you're not spiritual enough, or you're not healed enough or whatever it might be is we are human. If we were meant to exist in a perfectly healed and whole energetic state, we wouldn't be on earth. We would not come here. We are in a perfectly healed and whole energetic state when we're not embodied. It's this coming in and having the emotions and the tension and the reflections and the memories and all of it that lets us have those fluctuations. And it's those fluctuations in our energy that in turn make us human, that add to the experience, that let us learn our life lessons, et cetera. And so I think when we're talking about balancing the chakras and when we're talking about healing the chakras, something that I get so passionate about is understanding that it's not a static process. It's not like you're going to wake up one day and say, oh, I'm healed or, oh, my chakras are balanced. Maybe for a minute, Maybe for a good five minutes, your chakras will be completely balanced after a nice sound bath and you'll be like, but it, it, it doesn't stay that way because it shouldn't. If we were constantly balanced, if we were constantly completely healed and whole, life would be incredibly boring. We would never learn anything. We would never try new things. We would never go out of our comfort zone. We would never learn about ourselves. There wouldn't be anything to learn about ourselves. And so I think this idea of, feeling like we're supposed to be in balance all the time is incredibly misleading because we're not. We are supposed to be in balance. And when I say that, I don't mean that we're supposed to be in a state of chronic imbalance. What I mean is that our energy is constantly shifting and flowing and changing. And we are meant to be able to step into a space of acceptance and curiosity about those fluctuations rather than judgment and stagnation. And it's really that distinction that makes a huge difference in how you approach your chakras. And even in this question of can Reiki heal the chakras, because suddenly it's no longer, you know, I have this childhood memory that I need to work through. And as soon as I can work through it, then that sacral chakra will be healed and I'll be healed and I won't have any more limiting beliefs and I'll be done. And it, it doesn't work that way. The image that comes to mind for me is like a tree that grows around a power line of you can see the tree continuing to grow and continuing to move, but it does get kind of like Christine said, contracted by the presence of that wire. And you can remove the wire, you can take it out, but that shape is going to stay there. And it's going to continue to grow in the direction that it was growing. It's going to be able to expand. It's going to be able to get healthier. It's going to be able to move more freely, but it's still going to have that shape because that's part of what being human is, is taking on what I call our energetic tone of being alive. We are shaped by our past and we are shaped by our memories. And 
being healed doesn't mean that you're never going to be triggered or that your chakra is never going to be imbalanced or that you're never going to have, you know, a physical ailment ever again. It's like Christine said, it's the difference between seeing those things as a problem and seeing those things as an opportunity to get more curious, as an opportunity to heal more, as an opportunity to expand more. And it's so funny because we've had students come through our programs and talk about how they have a really difficult relationship with the term healing, which I find fascinating, but it's so true because it makes it sound like there's something wrong with us in the present moment. If we're constantly trying to heal, if we're constantly stuck in the state of, you know, self-transformation or personal growth and all of these things that again are really popular in spiritual culture right now, we are also subconsciously telling ourselves that as we are right now is not enough. And that is incredibly detrimental, not just on, you know, a psychological standpoint or from a personal standpoint, but for your chakras as well, because that very subconscious, very subtle tone that you're bringing to your healing is impacting the chakras themselves. It's programming your mind, your energy, whatever you want to call it, to believe that you aren't enough, to feel like you're constantly having to get better and you're constantly having to do more or be more or heal more or whatever. And I always tell our students when they come into our programs, there's no pressure here. You could choose to stay exactly as you are right now for the rest of your life. And it would be okay because you are enough right now. You are worthy right now. There is no need here to get better. There is a choice. There's an opportunity to step into that curiosity, to step into what could happen if I let go of that limiting belief. Who could I be if this shocker wasn't chronically, you know, um, contracted? What could happen in my life if I allowed myself to show up fully? It becomes more of a choice than a necessity because it's no longer healing from a place of fear of I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. I need to fix this before I hurt someone, do something wrong fail at life, et cetera. It stops becoming healing from a place of fear and it becomes healing from a place of empowerment. And it's not even healing at that point. It's just growth. You are growing from a place of empowerment because you recognize that in this moment, energetically, spiritually, psychologically, all of it, you are enough. And also what if there was more, what happens if you turn that page, what happens if you get curious instead of standing in that fear And you just let yourself exist knowing that it's enough while also knowing that because you are part of nature, because you have that inherent spiritual desire to continue to grow and evolve, there will always be something new. There will always be something you can heal. There will always be something, you know, there will always be a chakra that could use more attention and that's okay. That's part of life, but you have to start by letting go of those shoulds because there's not, there is no shoulds in healing. There's no shoulds in how balanced or unbalanced you should be, or if you should continue to grow or not. There's just, what do you choose? What do you want? And can you let yourself let that be enough? So I want to circle back because I love all those points. I want to circle back to as a practitioner who's giving feedback to your clients, we need to watch our words because what we're doing is giving our clients stories to latch onto that say that they're broken, right? And so if we say your root chakra is blocked or your third eye is blocked or whatever it may be, what are we telling our clients? And what will that mean for them to go, I'm broken, 
I'm not worthy. I've done all of this healing work and I'm still not fixed yet. And going, is that helping or is that hindering their process, their growth? And so coming from an angle of if we're moving out of victimhood and into empowerment, we want to also empower those around us. So instead of saying you are blocked in this way and kind of pointing the finger at your client, can we can we rephrase? Can we say, seems like I've spent a lot of attention on sacral chakra today. Does that resonate with you? How what are things that are you you're doing that can help activate the healing and growth of that chakra versus that one's blocked and that one's blocked. How can we give them the power to make a healthy choice to support that chakra? Because we're all, we're all, we're all in the growth process, hopefully, right? And are we telling people you've got a blocked chakra so that they come back for sessions? Is that just for today? I'm going to do my work honestly. Is that a gimmick that's not honest to convince them that they need more versus giving them the power to go, we spent a lot of time here. It feels this way. Does that resonate? What are things that feel good that will help the chakra? This is what the chakra is about. Here's some different suggestions that might help activate the chakra. Would you be willing to do those for a week and then come back and see how that's feeling? Right. And that when we say that, we're also not pointing the finger. We're not necessarily saying that this is done purposefully. We're saying that yeah. as practitioners, again, this is a natural state of mind of wanting there to be a blocked and unblocked, do this, not this, come back, don't come back. Like, and and so it's it's less about blaming yourself or blaming someone else and saying, oh, well, they're saying this. And it's more about realizing that. It's not just about the actual words that we're saying. It's about the subconscious processes that go into those words and how they're perceived by the client. And so again, if we're saying, oh, this chakra is blocked, we're not wrong. Like we, well, I mean, we've talked about the word blocked, but we're not wrong that there is something in that chakra that's different than the others. But we're also implying that somehow on some level, it's their fault that on some level they need to fix it because where they are right now isn't enough. And again, it's not that this is done intentionally, but it's about learning to be aware of the fine print of what you're saying, not only to your clients, but also to yourself, right? This goes both ways of there is so much intention and energy that goes behind our words that we're often not aware of. And so bringing in that understanding of because our chakras are involved in every aspect of our lives, they're going to pick up on everything we do, say, think. And if we're not being really mindful about the language that we're using, it's really easy to fall into that pattern of believing that wherever you or your client is right now isn't enough because frankly, we're trained to believe that we're not enough. We're trained to believe that there's something wrong that we need to fix. And what we need to fix is that thought. (laughs) Yeah. It's so much our society wants us to be a victim. So we buy the product. So we, we do the cosmetic surgery. So we, you know, the society at large is very much like you're, you're, you're not good enough. 
And so here's the buffet of options to make yourself good enough. But guess what? You're never going to get there because there's always another wrinkle or another trigger or whatever it is. And then they've got a product to fix it. Right. And what happens when we just unsubscribe from that really cultural thought process? And that's what we're encouraging. You know, like we're we're all Reiki Cafe University wants you to start thinking outside the box and start questioning why is that? Why is this the way things are set up? And so I feel like let's actually get into the second question is can Reiki unblock the chakras? Okay, we've already talked about that term unblock. And from the Reiki perspective, first off, in traditional Reiki, so it really depends on what lineage you're from, what lens you're looking through, because in traditional Reiki, you have the triple diamond system, which is not based on chakras. The reason why many Reiki practitioners have accepted chakras as a a primary focus is because Westerners understand that. If I had a client and I go, we're going to work on your triple diamond system today, they would be like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) They they won't know. And so, but if I say we're working on your solar plexus, they have some idea what you're talking about. So in the 1970s, when yoga came into the U S people started talking about the chakras. And so now it's not unheard of. It's, it's pretty, I wouldn't say mainstream, but most people have at least heard the term before. And so it makes it easier for Reiki practitioners to use that lens to communicate with Westerners. Okay. So we have that piece of it. Um, And it's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with Reiki practitioners using that lens. I do it all the time. It's in all of our programs. It's totally fine. But understanding it's not part of traditional Reiki. Okay, we need to know the, the history there. Then um, you have, can Reiki be, quote unquote, like heal the chakras? Well, yeah, it can support the process as with so many other things too. It's not the only way to heal the chakras, but yes, one of the, one of the reasons why I love Reiki is because your hands and once again, I'm like, throw out the manual, get out of the box, let your hands lead. <laughs> I don't know. Like we're throwing away the box. If you're letting your hands lead. It will, it will bring you to the area that needs healing the most. And oftentimes it's over the seven primary chakras, right? And so then our hands are, are flowing there and it's providing the loving, divine, intelligent support whatever it needs, physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever it needs to that chakra. And in our shamanic Reiki practitioner training, we even teach how to chakra spin to kind of let the Reiki help bring the flow into that chakra. So the the short answer is yes. (laughs) Reiki can heal, unblock, whatever you want to use that term for to help support the chakras. And there's thousands of ways to help support and heal the chakras. Izzy, yeah. what do you want to add to that? <laughs> I think where we get to where I get to on this this topic, and this is something that we talk about in our programs too, is again, like we've been saying, the chakras are not just energy centers, you know, and there are kind of two points that I want to touch on here. And the first is going back to the history of it and how there are these three energy centers that show up in traditional Reiki and noticing how 
they each correspond, you could say, with a chakra. Like our lower Dantian is in energy, in teachings, it is our sacral chakra. And so remembering that, as controversial as this might sound, at the end of the day, all of these systems and ways of looking at energy are just our interpretation of the same thing. They're just different interpretations and systemizations of our energy. At the end of the day, what we are interacting with is energy in its purest form. And you guys have heard me use the terms before of capital T truth and lowercase t truth. Our energy and the fact that it is flowing and the way that it flows through our body is that capital T truth. How we interpret it and the systems that we use to make sense of it is that lowercase t truth. And those are things like the triple diamond system, like the chakras, like the meridians, etc. These are things that people have felt into our energy and said, this feels like this. Can we make this consistent? Can we see this across the board? Can we use this to help our minds understand our energy? And so there are overlaps. And this is where, again, why Christine is saying that it's okay to have that overlap. It's okay to bring chakras into your Reiki practice as long as we are doing it mindfully and understanding that when Reiki started, chakras were not part of it. Does that mean that we can't cross over? Absolutely not. Our practice is meant to continue to evolve because again, at the end of the day, Reiki is just energy interacting with energy. But what we do need to be mindful of is understanding, like Christine said, the history of it. And at the same time, understanding that our chakras do not just influence our energy, nor are they just influenced by energy. They're also influenced by our thoughts and our emotions and our life situations. And so when we're asking the question of can Reiki heal the chakras, we're getting into this really interesting place of all things being equal. Absolutely, Reiki can heal the chakras. However, if you're healing from, say, intense childhood trauma, can you just Reiki your way to being whole and healed? Probably not, but that's not because Reiki doesn't work or it's not effective, but it's because we exist in a time where life is incredibly complicated and incredibly multi layered. And if we aren't approaching the chakras on a holistic, multifaceted approach, we're not going to be getting all of the angles. And so can we use Reiki to energetically shift what's happening in the chakras while we're healing from childhood trauma? Absolutely. But if we're not doing the work to then go into the subconscious and look at what limiting beliefs are we holding on to, what memories need to be processed, where did we get stuck, and how can we help that inner child continue to develop? If we're not doing that more psychological and human level work, our energy is just going to at some point go back to being imbalanced or go back to being contracted because we haven't healed that root source. Again, it's like with that tree and the wire going through it, we can trim back the tree so it's not touching the wire, but that that doesn't change the fact that the wire is still there. And so can Reiki heal the chakras? Yeah, absolutely. Does just Reiki Is it always enough to do all of the work? Maybe not. And that's not saying, I was explaining this to a friend of mine the other day because we have all of these stories and we have all of these records of, you know, Mikao Sui when he came down from the mountain and depending on your lineage, you get taught something different, but there there was a child and he had some kind of ailment and Reiki was done and his ailment was healed. 
And we have all of these records and these stories and these anecdotes about Reiki being extraordinarily powerful in healing. And I always think about how we are in such a different time to be human now than we were even when Reiki was developed. You know, we have so many things impacting our energy now, like intense levels of generational trauma and childhood trauma and substance abuse. And I mean, COVID, hello. And then also things like Wi-Fi and 5G and all of these things that are impacting our energy that are essentially like putting layers and layers and layers and layers of paint on top of a wall. And you can't see the wall anymore. It gets so much harder to actually impact ourselves, impact the truth of our being because we have so much coming at us all the time. So it's not that Reiki has become more or less effective or that we've become more or less susceptible. It's just that we have to recognize that we are incredibly complicated beings as human beings, first of all, but we're also in an incredibly complicated time in the world. And so we may need to bring in additional modalities, additional ways of healing to make sure that we're supporting ourselves on all levels because we have so many of them impacting our health right now. Yeah. So the the visualization I like to to use to kind of solidify this concept that Izzy is bringing forward is like, think about Reiki is what's tilling the garden. It's getting it soft and ready so that something else can come in and do the weeding, right? And so some of the other practices might be shamanic Reiki or coaching or counseling or sacral or um, cranial sacral work or whatever, whatever else you're doing, it preps the soil so that the therapy is more effective, right? So Reiki just helps make all of it soft and easy. And so oftentimes I would book clients right before their counseling session or book their clients right before they go to the chiropractor because I'm preparing the body to just be ready to release energetically, emotionally. So then it feels more comprehensive. Um, So know that, and that's, that's okay. And then that's why it's not like it has to just be Reiki. You know, I, I think about it all the time. And I tell my students what's within our scope of practice. If it's outside of our scope of practice, let's get a team. That's perfectly okay. Let's get a counselor on board. Let's get a chiropractor on board. Let's get the massage therapist or the functional medicine coach or whoever it is. It's not a competition. We're here to help them support their holistically so that they don't have to run into the same issues over and over and over again. Right. So um, with that, I guess my, what I want our listeners to take away is like, it's okay wherever you're at. Yeah. You're fine. You are um, loved by divine wherever you are at. You are worthy of healing wherever you are at. And it's okay. It's okay to be imperfect. And it's okay to know that, that we have the opportunity to bring in awareness, to shift and make new choices. If that is a desire for you, but you're okay. And like Reiki can support. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing that it's, it is a process and it does look different for everybody. And it's, it's not as simple as these yes, no answers, which is incredibly infuriating for the mind because 
we want to have the yes, no answers of like, yeah, just go Reiki your sacral chakra for a good five, 10 minutes and you'll be good. Like that would be fantastic. But look at all of the things that we would lose about ourselves if that was how healing worked. You know, if, if we didn't have to do, if we didn't get to do the introspection, if we didn't get to have that opportunity of going down the rabbit hole of looking at why are my adrenals not functioning and what emotion is that related to and what chakra holds on to that and what else happens in that chakra and why is that the one that's being impacted right now? If we don't, if we didn't get the opportunity to be curious and to learn about ourselves, healing wouldn't be nearly as impactful because it would just be like turning on and off a light switch. You wouldn't even think about it. It would just happen and it'd be done and you wouldn't grow. You wouldn't learn. You wouldn't evolve. You wouldn't continue to become the person that you're meant to be. And and again, that's something that I think we take a little bit for granted because if we, I think everyone listening to this can look back at their life and remember their darkest moments and find that feeling of, if not gratitude, at least appreciation for the fact that had that not happened, had you not lived through it, experienced it, et cetera, you would not be who you are today. And we were actually talking about this in our shamanic Reiki call the other day of how, you know, as Reiki practitioners, whether for ourselves or others, we want to be able to take away a client's pain, or we want to be able to perfectly balance their chakras so that they can be perfectly healed. We want to be able to, in a way, fix ourselves and our clients and realizing that what if those tables were turned? What if someone came to you and was like, I'm just going to take away your trauma. I'm going to take away this difficult experience. I'm going to take away this lesson that you learned. At least for me, I'm immediately like, no, no, that was mine. I needed that to learn. It was terrible. It was awful. I really wish I didn't have to go through it. And at the same time, if I could go back, I would do it again because of how much I learned, because of how much I grew. And when we think about it that way, it we realize, you know, looking back, hindsight is 2020, and it's an incredibly powerful tool for conversations like this because we can look back and we can realize that for where I was, I was exactly where I needed to be. I learned exactly what I needed to in each moment. And yet somehow it's harder to bring that understanding into the present moment. (laughs) And so bringing in that awareness of going back and thinking about the times that have been difficult, thinking about the times where your chakras have been imbalanced, thinking about the times where you used Reiki or you used something differently and noticing that in each and every moment, you were exactly where you needed to be. The fact that you were somewhere different 10 moments down the line didn't negate the fact that you were already perfect and enough in the moment. And that I think is an incredibly powerful understanding because again, then we are opening up our energy. We're stepping into an expansive state where we don't have to heal. We don't have to believe that we're broken, but we're choosing to, we're choosing to step into a space of curiosity. We're choosing to welcome the process of healing and welcome the fact that we don't get to just Reiki our shocker for five minutes and have it be healed because we would lose so much of ourselves if that was how healing worked. You know, what reminds me of the Barbie movie when she's offered the two sets of shoes. Do you want the stiletto or do you want the Birkenstock? And she's like, stiletto. And then she's like, no, no, you weren't supposed to choose that way. <laughs> like, let's try again. You want to, you want to know, you want to have the awareness. Like it's to remain naive, to remain in the dark, to remain, um, not knowing what's all of the facets going around you or choosing wisdom, choosing knowledge, choosing awareness. 
choosing to explore and get curious of why is this the way it is? And so here's your Birkenstock listeners, <laughs> right? Like you have a choice to say, I'm no longer going to accept being in a position of victimhood from my past, from time, from money, whatever it is that you are blaming your current circumstance and going, I'm going to take responsibility for where I'm at, for what I attract, for my reality, and make new choices to say yes to growth and yes to possibilities that it can get better. And I think that's the, the huge piece there is like, it can be better. How can I look at life to be in an energy state of like wanting growth is huge. Just by switching into that, my whole social dynamic changed because I'm no longer available to be in groups or social settings with people who have victimhood mentality. I don't want to be around people who are in victim mentality and they congregate, they collect versus people who have growth mindset, who are ready to take action and make goals. They're, they're the movers and shakers. They're ready to get shit done. And I want to be in that group. Um, And also to know that the possibility of peace and serenity within yourself is much more likely to be in the, I'm taking responsibility for my reality than in victimhood. So I'm choosing the possibility of living a more life of serenity, of peace, of calm, of balance, of love and support. And therefore I'm going to accept where I'm at and choose to continue to grow and expand and take you know, constructive criticism. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that and was a nationwide. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. On that note, there are, there are two things that I kind of want to leave listeners with. Uh, I have this saying that goes back to what we were talking about when we were saying, you know, society and, and we can't blame society. Like at what point does the line come between blaming society and understanding that it does explain things. And the way that I say this is it might not have been your fault, but it is your responsibility. It's not your fault that you have been trained to believe you aren't enough. It's not your fault that you experienced trauma. It's not your fault that your chakras are imbalanced or that one of them's flowing better than the other, but it is your responsibility to choose differently. It's your responsibility to break out of that cycle. It's your responsibility to decide that you're worthy. No one can do that for you. And it's, it's really funny because I think, and this is the second point is it's, it is so much easier to believe that you aren't enough. It is so much easier to believe that you are broken. And it is so much easier to blame society because then it's not our problem. It's been done to us. This is why victim mindset, and we have podcasts on this that we'll put in the comments, This is why victim mindset is so captivating is because at the same time, it is blaming other people and taking the responsibility off of ourselves to make a change. And so it is scary when we're talking about this, when we're having these conversations, we're saying it like it's easy. It's not, it's simple, but it's not easy. And so letting yourself have grace for when 
you you mess up for when you don't step out of the box for when you do fall back into those patterns because it's going to happen and that's okay but coming back to again it's not your fault there's no blame here there's no wrong but it is your responsibility to choose differently to choose to believe in yourself and to choose to allow yourself to be enough because that's really where healing comes from and that is the essence of Reiki, right? Coming into connection with Reiki means coming into connection with our true self, with our divine self that knows that it's enough because it is love. It is light. It is Reiki. Yes, 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 yes. And so on that point, we're going to be moving into a series of focusing on Reiki as your business with this, like noticing if you were in victimhood the re- I don't have enough clients. It's all, you know, the, the societal expectations versus the empowered point of view. Um, we're going to be doing a series of interviews and webinars based on, on just that. When we can step into our true selves and accept where we're at and be okay with where we're at, how does your business respond? If I'm holding on, well, of course, no one's going to come to see me because I'm not worthy for their business or I'm not good enough or I'm, I can't be, quote unquote, a healer. Like whatever your frame, frame of mind is, is what you attract. And so how can we heal our mindset, our money mindset are to move into growth and opportunity and possibility? And so I want to just like, I'm in this upcoming Friday, I'm going to be sharing my personal story, my personal journey in that. And because we, we are all in process, right. And and so I want to share my story of what it looks like for, for my business, as well as bringing on others who have done the same and really just inviting you to, to be open to the possibility that you too can have a Reiki career. If that's what you're feeling called to. And so follow along, listen along. If you have questions, um, let us know. We'd be happy to support you in our Facebook group, Reiki Cafe Community. Um, get on our email list so that you can watch for these podcasts and webinars and opportunities to plug into. And we will we'll see you soon. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. We so appreciate you and we so look forward to connecting with you soon. Reiki Cafe Radio is sponsored by Reiki Cafe University, where your Reiki dreams become reality. Join us on Instagram or Facebook at Reiki Cafe University, watch our videos on YouTube, or visit the website to learn more about our colleges of Reiki, chakras, and business. It's our aim to help you on your path to wellness, guiding you into confidence as you transmute your inner critic and say yes to you. We're here to help you bring your Reiki dreams into reality and your path to abundance, health, and healing unfolds from here. And love and light, Christine Renee and Izzy Wells.